0: Possession crucial from this, how much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point, and there's the whistle,
1: it's over, it's over! We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I
0: love in hurling, I love players that will never give in. He
2: hits it, he hits it, what? it's over the bar! Oh, holy Moses!
3: Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. We're back for another year, 2023, myself and Rory O'Neill. And we've been d- joined by two of RTE's new pundits of Lee Keegan of Mayo and Peter Canavan of Tyrone. Um, welcome aboard, lads. It's a pleasure to have you both with us. Um, Lee, uh, this is your first step into punditry, so you're starting at the top with the podcast. We're not easing you in at all. <laughs> not not easing you in with a step onto TV or whatever. Now straight into the podcast. So um, best of luck with that. Um, yeah, are you for looking sure. forward to you? Are you, are you happy to jump the ditch at this stage?
1: Yeah, I was just sitting with the wife last day saying that I eventually a new world off the unknown, I think. So Um, it should be interesting. The only good thing, and I don't want to, you know, uh, slag too many people, but the age profile looks much better now than I'm in it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can o- I can only give myself compliments from that perspective. But regardless of the performance after, i let you judge
3: that. Jesus, Peter, he's come out swinging straight away. Yeah, I'd just like to say thanks, Lee, for that. Uh, <laughs> We've got to order a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, we're back to preview the league and look, myself and Rory were we were going to do an O'Byrne Cup um podcast but Rory's computer and microphone were all the way at the top of the house and he didn't feel like walking up and I'd already had a conversation with someone about Gaelic football earlier in the week so I didn't think it was fair to have to have another conversation with someone later in the week so um, we didn't do an O'Byrne Cup po- podcast the O'Byrne Cup is, is now finished and the Walsh Cup in Hurling just to mention will finish whenever Wexford play Galway in the league so the old preseason it wasn't a great January for Leinster preseason tournaments, but the rest of them, you know, kind of carried on in their merry way as normal. Lee, they always say people are going to miss their, um, you know, Jesus, it'll be hard to watch them play. All credit to the University of Galway, uh, Connacht, GAA, Airdome. I can't imagine you were feeling pangs of regret during the um, FBD Cup but you know Saturday night now with yourself and Peter going will be there for RT television but that might be when it hits you that you're no longer a Mayo player I'd say I know it's the league but it is Galway coming to Castlebar
1: Yeah I, I hadn't played FBD in a good few years either I actually was part of the last winning team 12 years ago to win it so that'll tell you the nature of it. not the competition but I suppose Was that in New York? No it was actually well we we back then we used to get a trip to New York but I think mm. we pulled it because we ended up cancelling it a couple of times but I used to love this thing with the Dome as well you know it's a big sell out but I think it's only called 1500 so I mean it wasn't <laughs> that I was capacity in terms of thousands and thousands but yeah I think third night would be probably a different uh, perspective for myself and, you know with the rivalry of Mayo Galway a huge game and, and the one that we always look forward to regardless if it was FPD or league or championship so that always got the juices flowing, uh, particularly when a derby game, regardless of who was playing, who was out. So, yeah, I suppose it'll be interesting uh, sitting in Coventry. But I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's a huge game at the weekend kicks kickstart the league. And I'm sure it'll start with a few tatters and bangs yeah. on the first
3: whistle. Um, well, one man your your former teammates won't have to worry about is, is Shane Walsh. He, the Galway man, probably would have been given the weekend off after winning the Club All Ireland final with uh, Kilmacud Croaks but now rory uh, we don't even know whether um they has won or whether that's, that that result is going to stand obviously everybody is well and painfully aware of the saga at this stage of the 16th man and you know Glenn eventually two nights ago did lodge an appeal and now i'm not going to bore people with the details but obviously how how kill deal with this you know whether they counter object or Give a written admission, etc., etc. will will determine uh, the next steps and how long it takes. But there is a chance, Roy, that this could drag on till the end of February if a replay is called, but not soon enough because I think there's a wedding in Glen, so it's um it's it's put a real dampener on the end of the first club season that was you know kind of being sold as you know here is six months for the club you know this is our we're we're putting it in the shop window we're 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 giving it all the love and care it needs so it's it's really. Really unfortunate how the final actually ended.
2: Yeah, and I think there's no point in raking over r- rights and wrongs at this stage. Everybody has had their say, including nearly both camps. Well, except for obviously kill It'll be interesting to <laughs> both, see. Both the- camps, except one.
3: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry.
2: Except except one, but I suppose look, they'll probably come out with their position. As, as you just mentioned, it's really unfortunate that it has ended this way, but. It's not in isolation. The, the first thing I would say is there's a, a sort of an endemic and real problem. I I remember Kevin McStay on the Sunday Game Nighttime program. I was on it a good few years ago, and he made a very uh, he made a very key point, which I think maybe got lost. There's a deeply dissatisfactory way of finishing an awful lot of Gaelic, particularly Gaelic football. Hurling doesn't seem to have the same problem when it when a match is tight coming down the stretch, for some reason games, we can't conclude a game in an orderly fashion. Now is that a f- like and we've seen it on countless occasions where where if it's a sideline incursion, whether a big ma- fisticuffs break out, whether referee uh, conducts the wrong score, makes an administrative error, whether there's you know, like, I mean, we saw it with galway Armagh last year. We've seen it countless times down through the years. Even look at the situation. I mean, Lee, I don't want to rake over old coals from your point of view, but look at what happened in the 2017 All-Ireland Football final when Mayo were hunting Dublin down and Dublin got that score to put them a point up and effectively the Dublin half the Dublin team decided to pull every single mayor player to the floor on the res- next resulting kickout to ensure that the game again ended in rancor and in a dissatisfactory manner. And I think from that point of view, it's a failure of rules. Now I've heard people say, oh we should implement we should we should bring in new rules. I just think you need to apply the rules that are there. I think the rules that are there are absolutely fine. For some reason we just can't and and by the way, it's not in isolation. Like, the end of the junior final, which wasn't a bad game, and, like, Peter will obviously have had a small bit of a vested interest there, given Stewartstown were involved. I mean, that nearly finished, like, a soccer match, 11 aside, Was there seven cent off? I mean, you know, like, the club season, for all that we were told that it was going to be, you know, this new great Vista, I think, has finished with a really sour note on two out of the three finals in a, in a club sense and even in the intermediate final I'm sure jesus it's a case of what have what do you having yourself there from a Kerry perspective because they just seem to win that every year um yeah i think it's deeply disappointing right across the board and
3: yeah i i don't know i mean it's, it's yeah yeah it's what peter kind of what i think everybody i think what Glenn feared happening is what exactly what happened because even though it seemed clear from rule book that the cc could have obviously kind of kind of instigated an investigation themselves. It's in the rule book for this kind of infraction they could have they've they, they told Glenn it seems according to Glenn, they told him in no uncertain fashion, we won't be doing anything. you need to lodge an objection. And Glenn obviously were reluctant to do this and it's very obvious why? because as soon as they did lodge an objection, a lot of people, the sympathy disappeared and people said ah Jesus lads you know you lost by two points you got a 1-3 to no score head start or whatever it was Shane Walsh didn't score from play you know Paul Mannion was very quiet do you think you're going to do any better the next day and they knew this they knew as soon as they lost the objection people would frame it in a certain way and that's really unfair on again that's what really annoys me about this I don't know if that should be replayed I don't know if Killamacut should be fined I think a replay might be a bit extreme but Glenn in Glenn felt like they had been and um, uh, you know, a misju- uh, you know, they had been um, harshly treated and so they were within their rights to appeal. But they were reluctant to do so and it's been they've been proved right now, haven't they?
0: Well, absolutely, and you could gather from Maliki O'Rourke's reaction immediately after the game, he knew that they were wronged and he wasn't happy about it. But his initial reaction, his natural instinct was that's it, there's going to be nothing we will do about it, it's it's not Glenn's way of doing things but a number, I would say a number of people within the club maybe at at committee level and there was a a lot of uh, neutral observers who had their say and who were encouraging Glenn to go down this, uh, the road they have gone down and it's a road that I was surprised that they did take and you've quite rightly said that they appear to be, you know, taking quite a bit of flack for it now Um. There's gonna when is this gonna be finalized? It could well run into the end of February to the, the the start of March. Does that mean that those players will not the, the county players will they not play for their for their county team? And and that is serious ramifications for the league, particularly from a Derry point of view. Yeah. And I would say this decision was the last thing that Rory Gallagher would have wanted because Derry are in division two. If you come you know, in the bottom two or three teams of Division Two, there's every possibility that you'll not get to be in the round robin, that you'll not get to perform in the in the San Maguire. So that puts serious pressure on him and his squad to make sure they're in the top half of Division Two. And they're gonna to have to play possibly a number of games without two or three of their best players, without Connor Glass, um, without Ethan Doherty, uh, without Emmett Bradley. So um, I'm sure he's left scratching his head because I, I can't see this being solved in a very short space of time because I do think that Kill will put in a counter-objection. They will claim that they have done nothing wrong. Even though it was clear that they had an extra player on the pitch, they will say that their player, their sub, was given the go-ahead to go on and that the referee didn't allow time to get the other player off the pitch, Darmall off the pitch. So... It's an unfortunate set of circumstances. I don't think there's going to be any winners out of it. And, you know, I think it was David Goff himself said about yeah. the procedures being fundamentally flawed. And and that's, you know, it's this business of players running onto the pitch and all the rest subs going on. It happens. It happens all over the place. But in this case, the referee got it wrong. He, he allowed the 45 <clears throat> to be taken when clearly he, he should have signaled to Darren that he was to get off the pitch. Yeah. I, one,
2: one, in, one interesting aspect though, Mikey, uh, uh, we were down doing a pitch inspection on our own grounds here yesterday. The grounds committee, who are, we'll say, have a certain vintage. And um, we, <coughs> were, we were walking, we were walking the pitches and I turned around and I said to them, did you see, did you watch the all Ireland Club final on Sunday, lads? And they said, it was a disgrace. And I said, oh, you know, Croke Park, the pitch, How did Croke Park allow the pitch people, you know? (laughs) Like it would like so all they were concerned with was the fact that the pitch was in a was like they no mention of what happened at the end of the game. It's just interesting the different things that people take from different certain sets of circumstances. But But do you you
1: think as well, you know, Glenn are getting a huge amount of flack at the moment, but I think it essentially came comes from the GA by I suppose Putting the pressure on them to make, make a decision it were, if GA have taken that away from both sets of clubs and players then would we be in the situation where Glenn made the objection or appeal would they have been better off been told what's going to happen rather than maybe there's that kind of the, I suppose the realisation that they're putting that that situation so is they ever going to be a win situation for either of the clubs to be honest it, it's essentially coming down from the, the leadership from the GA as well
3: Yeah I, I, I think that's the case Lee that it's like this really needed leadership and it needed to be you know they needed to take the bull by the horns i think because like effectively it was an, it was an error by their officials an error by the referee and his his, his his like his assistant on the line um i'm just curious peter and i think i know the answer but i i have to ask you as we have you here you've spoken about it many times because you've been asked about it many times obviously charlie redmond refusing to go off the field in 95 and he said look in the time it took him to eventually go off the field i don't think he kicked the ball um so i'm going to assume that there was never a breath of a conversation of with Tyrone taking an appeal after that, was there? Did it ever come up in any way?
0: Uh, oh, it was immediately after the game. We were well aware of it, and it was muted, I think, at the time. But it, it didn't, again, back to Malachy's reaction, it was the same thing. He said, lads, we had a chance to win it, and we weren't going to win it in the in the boardroom. Um, and other clubs and other counties have been in a, a similar situation than that. Yes, we were wronged. But um, we just felt that there was no point. The the presentation ceremony had been given. Dublin were awarded the Sam Maguire, and uh, I don't think we felt we could have went back on it, even though we probably had good grounds.
2: Yeah, did that precipitate? Did that precipitate the introduction of the yellows and red cards as a visual demonstration for? lads when they should i am i right charlie
3: redmond said it did yeah i think i read yeah. somewhere he said yeah. that yeah because it was okay. he he deemed well whether he was genuinely unclear or not peter he he did have kind of a he had a kind of an excuse didn't he because he you wasn't know, he
2: said he wasn't but, sure what the refs what the ref at, indicated at, yeah that's very similar circumstances again
0: we have a, a northern versus a dublin team um did charlie know he was sent off we'll never know did Dar- <laughs> The, yeah. the darren the Dar- the Dar- mullen no, he was being taken that, off. That he was being taken off, yeah. and you know, people were saying after, of course, he did, and he was, he, he, was being smart. But I would argue again, if he knew that he was being taken off, he would have went straight off after the forty-five. Yeah. He absolutely had on, yeah. and yeah. I think the referee had to tell him, uh, "You're off the pitch. You're, you're the man." So clearly, he, he, he didn't know that. So it, it wasn't and if uh, Kilmer could stage this in, in such a way uh, it, uh, I must say it was a remarkable b- bit of management but I I honestly think Darmond didn't know no, no I think that's where the system, system is
1: that's where the system is flawed like David said last night so he goes essentially like, whatever every sub you make you're going to have at some stage 16 players on the pitch until you have one that leaves so therefore that crossover like unless you're talking Rory about the pandemonium in late games this is mm. where it's happening a lot of the time as well where it's very hard to get control of chaos, especially in tight games and big games like this. And that's, I, I will give Darrell Mullen probably the benefit. He probably just thought maybe get back to the line, help his team. The last thing he's thinking of is looking at the sideline and thinking, I'm going to get sub. Should the guy get just got Niamh on the match? He's probably in a high the first day, but then i yeah. trying to trying to help win his team with the ball And so I'll probably give that point of view, but there probably needs to be something to look at in terms of how the subs are used and mm-hmm. worked because... We played international rules, say, and it's not something that could work. But until the player that's coming off crosses the line, the next player cannot come onto the pitch. So, I do agree with David. It's very flawed, uh, and it's a bad sequence of events that just happened. Uh, how we rectify it um, is going to be a bigger topic, but, I'm sure, as the weeks But Lee,
0: do we want the situation now? Then say if they
1: say, say if they
0: do uh, act on this and, and implement a new rule that a mm. player has to that's taken off has to come off before the other player comes on. Yeah. In the last five minutes, how many single Crazy. substitutions will
1: we have? Oh, yeah, yeah. The style
0: players coming off, wagging at the crowd, really slow. It's going to frustrate a lot. Of course. Of course, oh, uh, I agree. I agree, partners. but I
1: think I do think we need to look at the at the system. A lot. I do think refs, and I do like I, I'm only just going on with what David said last night. It's very hard control unless we get some order on it. Um, now I do agree with your point, Peter. Yeah, you you'll start bending the rules in terms of that as well. Absolutely, uh, big game day as well. So, but we're doing that anyway. We're, we're bending the rules, <laughs> you know, like so. It's, it's it's a matter of just trying to soccer, one yeah. <clears throat> rule break versus another nearly.
2: And soccer had to address it as well. I mean, they had to bring in a rule whereby the player coming off has to exit from the nearest point of exit to the field itself. So if he's over and the far corner flag, that's where he goes off. Plus, we all saw the amount of additional time that they were applying over the course of the recent yeah. World Cup, you know. And do you want to go down that road where, you know, uh, a game of football lasts for 90 <coughs> minutes. I mean, look, this is like, and all of this was being added on to, I suppose, circumvent and try and offset some of the cynical um, substitution making that is being done, by managers. So I don't know. It's a tricky one, I suppose. Yeah. Legislation can always be um, a dangerous route to go because you just don't know about the law of unintended consequences. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get Paul, we'll Paul Mann in the bed of the doubt. He took the
3: nearest exit point. Yeah, yeah, yeah slowly, yeah, yeah we nearly, go. nearly. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I am an authority on over you two. I like, think a replay
2: hmm. is inevitable, though. By the way, yeah, it would
3: seem so. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's it a so. Yeah. I don't, yeah,
2: yeah. So one hundred percent, it will well, be, be replayed. Honest, yeah, yeah. It has, honest, to, be, it has be. to be. It has to be. It has to be, Peter. I'd be very
0: surprised. Would you? Yeah. I'd be very surprised if there's a replay in
1: this. Given you assuming that they, are going to go further appeal after the CCCC. Yeah, I do. They,
0: they'll oh. lodge a counter objection, and there's going to be hearings, and there's going to be appeals, and well, time will tell. But if, no if
3: justice is seen to be done, and if they're handed down a, 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 a decent fine, I think that might. In some way go to um reducing the clamor around and it might it you might go be- towards glenn's
1: wedding mm. <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah <laughs> it, it might it might a bit of a cure's egg but it might mean that nobody's completely um completely i know, I, I know better by the whole thing
2: i know better Bucles to have the financial muscle to lawyer up in this situation anyway that's for sure well we'll, that's we'll Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, we'll um we'll keep an eye on that situation. Anyway, look, guys, we'll get on and, and, and do a, a preview of the league as much as we can because you know as Lee just said, I never I haven't played in the FPD in a few years. You know the preseason tournaments are good for maybe unearthing a young player or two or may who may be useful down the line. I know Mayo have kind of kind of given game time to a couple of young fellows and stuff like that. Um, but Peter, you know, I don't think you'd be looking at the Dr McKenna Cup now and saying, great, the Troll made the final, but well, geez, we got an awful scalp in there from Derry, so, you know, the season's over. It's it's very much kind of, it's all, it seems to me that the preseason tournaments outside of Leinster are almost more for the fans and obviously the manager can kind of, kind of, as I say, can kind of glean something, but I can't imagine, you know, did you ever put a huge amount of stock in the pre-season tournaments, or did would you be looking at the first couple of rounds of the league to kind of get a proper barometer of where we are?
0: Well, I was never a fan myself of the of the Doctor Mechanic Cup, but um, I think it has, yeah, I think it has gone up in a lot of people's estimations here, and it, it is taken seriously, and I'll give you the example this year. Um, County Down, the new management and and Connor Laverty, and a lot of people were wondering how he would settle in and how the Down players would react. And he has taken the McKenna Cup really serious, and they've trained hard for it. And it is uh, the result of that is there's now a serious momentum and a positivity in Down that there hasn't been for a few years, and a, and a self belief. Um, and again, Derry and Throne and the games they've played have have put out strong teams. Because they want to be up and running in in uh, the national league, you know, Armagh did this last year and, and put a serious emphasis on the start of the national league. And I think for a lot of teams, especially in, in Division One, like Kerry, in the in the first few opening games will not have theirs. out. they will have for the latter half of the league. So for, you know, for teams that are intent on doing well and retaining maybe Division One status or pushing hard in Division Two they will take these uh, pre-league competitions very, very serious. So I would say that there's a lot to be read into the Doctor Mechanic Cup this year, and you'll see teams moving forward, particularly up here, uh, taking it more serious.
3: Yeah, so looking at Division One then, Lee, um, the Doctor Mechanic Cup might be a good barometer because um, it's this is very much the uh, Ulster and Connacht League with a uh, with just the All-Ireland Champions and defending league champions kind of, kind of thrown in for good measure. Um, it's odd, isn't it, to look at the division one and kind of be kind of mapping out the fixtures and seeing there's no, tri- you know, there's no Dublin, you know, no. you know, the, the big beasts are there. I know Kerry, the other champs, but let's be honest, Dublin have dominated the football landscape for a decade or more. So to not have them in division one, it's it's just strange.
1: It is, and I suppose from a blockbuster game point of view for a lot of teams, they were, as you mentioned, they were the rounder so anytime you got a crack a dub, it, it, it was kind of a sense where you are in terms of your league performances and where you're going for championship, so so it will be strange to in Division 2 um, and a team that you always just want to, I suppose, bring your A game against uh, that it's, it's a great prep in terms of, I know it's the league we're talking about, but it's just great prep in terms of how you're going for uh, further into the championship and looking at your performances, but I do kind of agree with Peter and Probably this year more so, and it, it probably the same applies to Mayo. They went out the FBD and, and they hit the ground running. And I know they tried a lot of players, but I suppose with the context of the Ulster and Connacht dynamic with so many Division One teams, I think it's about laying an early marker. So, obviously, Mayo playing Galway, playing Roscommon back to back, and then going to play goal again. And next week, I think it's just about laying an early marker, regardless of who was playing for Galway or Oscommon. I think it's just about saying, right, we're going to get our all our ducks in a row here bit of silverware, a bit of momentum. I've tried maybe X, Y, and Z in terms of positions, different structure, different style of play. So I think for the likes of Down, as mentioned by Peter, uh, Derry and Mayo, it was like trying maybe a different game plan, trying different players. And I think it's probably added a lot of confidence that I went into the big games of the weekend. So, yeah, strange I've seen Dublin there. But again, I suppose the bigger context for a lot of these teams is that they're going to be playing each other two, three, four times over the year. So do you want to give too much away in the early season? Probably not. But do you want to hit the ground running?
3: That's, that's the way these teams are looking at us right away. Yeah, Rory, Um, I don't know whether it's the league, fi- no, sorry, the club final kind of farrago is kind of taken away from it. I remember we were doing this podcast a year ago and there was this palpable sense around the country of people, th- there was a clamor for the league. It was as if like, and maybe it was because it was the first full season out of COVID or whatever, but there was, was there was there was an anticipation yeah, about the league yeah. this year, and I'm it's not very I'm, true. I'm, I'm yeah. not sensing it this year. Yeah,
2: yeah. Do you know what? No, that's very interesting that you say that, because it was one of the things I was thinking there to myself this morning. I actually think Do you know what, and again, people will say, "Oh, here he goes." It's so long since we've had intercounty. <laughs> I think people have nearly forgotten. Uh, what it actually brings I think that's one of the things that maybe will hopefully come and manifest itself this weekend is the, the to have the elite level of Gaelic games back this weekend I think that when that realization comes I think hopefully the excitement should kick in then but yeah, it's funny. It just seems smaller in some way, and um, can't put my finger on why. Do you think it? the Glenn McLeod game was impacted on? I you? don't know. It's it's just very hard to kind of get a get a handle on it. Um, it's it. I, 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 there's I do have, and I'm not saying I differ from the lads in any way. I, I it's it's more of a theory. And again, look, I just throw it out there, and I'd be interested in everybody's view as always, but. I'm just wondering, will like I think this is a guinea pig year. Um, we're in a very, very different ball game in terms of the number of games that teams are going to have to play. I think you're if you're in if you're in a, if you win the All Ireland from the quart from the qualifier, the prelim, quarter final in Ulster, you're going to have to play eleven matches over the course of thirteen weeks, fourteen weeks, thirteen weeks, I think. So I'm just wondering about. The priorities in relation to the league, I think what we have seen in hurling, and I think hurling is probably the only thing that you can compare it to at that level, whereby when you have moved to a round robin in your championship format, I think the league has the league becomes devalued and certainly the elite levels. So Division One. May in time, it might not happen this year, but Division One may become a bit of a false competition in that like one injury now on your season, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big injury, a soft tissue injury that could knock you out for six weeks and bang, your season's over. So I think from that point of view, it's going to be very interesting to see how teams line up, what kind of priorities they put on it, what kind of systems they use, because I think we'll get a very clear indication of where priorities are lying at that point. I'm not. I like it, 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 the chances of teams deciding. Oh, I'm going to go full hell, hell for leather here in January and uh, February, knowing that ultimately I'm going to be judged on my championship performances, which aren't going to happen and are basically going to be condensed in post-provincial championships. And the reality is this: the teams that contest the Sam Maguire are certainly the teams capable of winning it. I mean they're going to be the same teams pretty much every year anyway. If you get relegated out of Division 1 now, I don't think it's such a big deal anymore. And I think we might even see that this year. The chances are it could be the very first time in I don't know how long that the team wins the All-Ireland from Division 2 because I think the way Dublin are um, moulding in the background there or smouldering, I think, you know, very, very dangerous. So I don't know. I have, a, I just, It's just only my own theory that I do think potentially... Divisions one and two become slightly false competitions, and the real actual, the real integrity of competition and the real honesty of competition might actually be in the lower divisions. Yeah. R- Rory, I-, I think your point's
0: valid for for the top half of Division One, maybe, but I, mm. I would disagree with with Division Two because I definitely I disagree on now, Division Two. Yeah, it's too is important. There more? Important mm. every single game. So, but 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 Peter, up- but, but Peter,
2: <clears throat> Peter, in Division Two, and I don't mean this now in any disparaging sense, and I'm sorry to be cutting across back yet But in Division Two, you have Louth and Limerick. With all due respect, now, right? Is that is there any danger for Dublin, Kildare, Meath, Derry of going down to Division Three when Louth and Limerick are in the same division? But, Rory, it depends... Be be honest, no, be honest. Hold on a minute. Be honest.
0: The the teams that get into the round robin, the race for the Sam Maguire, depends totally on how the provincial championships go. So you could have, Mm. excuse me, four or five teams, unlikely, but you you could have at least three who make a a provincial final, who play in Division 3 and 4. So you could end up with the possibility of in Division 2... The bottom three or four teams not yeah. competing, and you in, don't in know the it's Sam the McGuire. thing.
3: You won't know that you won't know what the cutoff point but, is either. So you but, don't yeah. want to be in the bottom half yeah. of Division Two. Absolutely, because mm. it's the t- it's the eight provincial finalists, Westmeath, and then the top seven finishers in the league who aren't in provincial finals. When you say it like that, there's an awful lot of jeopardy yeah. to it. What's, the yeah, say down, but but, but what's to a, say? but there but there's say Down
0: will not get to an Ulster final. We know in Connacht that there's going to be a Division Three or four team. Absolutely. What's yeah. to yeah. say, Claire? Uh, you know, Tipperary will not get. So there, there's mm-hmm. every possibility that the bottom three, three or four in Division Two mm-hmm. will not qualify to play in the Sam McGuire. Again,
3: crucially, you won't know whether your league position is good enough until the provincial finals are set. Yeah.
0: And that's mm-hmm. why you take every game
3: uh, serious. Yeah. So in Division di- Two. I-
2: in, just... in in Division Two. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: But so what uh, Division One, though, I, I think. You know, like I think a lot of teams might come out early from the trap story as well, just to get a few points on the board. So they can start looking at different sides of play and different mm-hmm. players. You get four or six points early in the board, you can start planning then your provincial, you can start planning for the year ahead. So, like the flip side of it is I know division like going down is not essentially a, a huge deal for division one, but like essentially you want to be in a case where you can start looking at your squad and see what you have for the year ahead rather than you know try and chase points. And we've been part of that for many years, trying to chase points towards the tail end of the year start picking up injuries start losing performance and the flow of the year so I think a lot of teams might target the early starts of the year and then look further beyond by trying to get their squad depth involved as well and Lee okay.
3: the other point on that is that in Division 1 the number of new managers there are as well you know you got Davey Burke in Roscommon Vinnie Corey in Monaghan you got Paddy yep. Carr and Aidan O'Rourke in Donegal and you got Kevin McStay in Mayo So these, these, guys, sure. these guys won't be you can't imagine there'll be too much experimenting well there'll be a bit of experimenting but they're going to want to win games no new manager wants to start off his reign with two or three defeats
1: no and then because what essentially happens is if you're not getting the performance it, it, you just can't it doesn't come overnight uh, and you get on a case of losing games and we've all had that it's it's very hard to get momentum and, and confidence back into the next performance and, and then when you start chasing results it becomes more difficult and difficult so there's going to be great enthusiasm with the new managers across all the divisions to try and chase a an national title but I do agree to, to Roy's point to extend I think you have to be smarter to look at the long term picture so I think a lot of these new managers will be targeting the first three four games at a max with the hope that they have enough points on the board to secure division one or two or three, whatever it is, and then start planning for a year ahead. So these guys are under a, a little bit of pressure early on, but I expect them to put out big squads out from, from the first game onwards.
3: Mm-hmm. The, Rory, the the interesting one, I think, is, you know, the, the reigning champions uh, is Kerry, because uh, Jack O'Connor's never entered a competition, McGrath Cup notwithstanding, that he hasn't wanted to win. But given the amount of games played by his players last year and particularly by his star uh, players, David Clifford, who played well, in every competition. Star, a lot of his star players. Yeah. A lot of his, yeah. but Clifford and his brother, the obvious ones, because they, they they were playing until the end of the club season. They were playing for two clubs, a club side and a divisional side, colleges for Clifford, etc. Um, the, the There has to, as much as you want David Clifford on the pitch and he's become like the Beatles. There's people following him around the country to watch him play for whoever he plays for. Um there has to be a sense from O'Connor that the rest has to be given to at least the Cliffers and probably a couple more of his frontliners for a few rounds of the league, at least. And
2: throw in um, like a problem position that has been a problem position for Kerry for quite some time because they've tried to keep David Moore strapped mm. up and going for so long. Now you throw in his absence and you start to ask yourself, right, he's got to fill that gap now as well. And the the presence and the leadership of somebody like that that's not easily replaced in the short term so he's got a he's got a bit of work to do but i think again i mean i don't want to uh don't want to sound like i'm you know being overly negative about certainly about division 1 I. I do actually think this year's league will afford people like jack o'connor the opportunities to experiment and uh, try lads out and give lads opportunities to go in. And like the reality in Kerry as well, I suppose. Look, we all know the depth that they have. Ocon Boris is back in the mix, as we know. And they've got, like, like obviously he had a very bad injury last year. So you don't know how fit he's going to be this year. They'll, they'll find midfielders. And I'm sure Jack will find some. Defending All-Ireland titles has been difficult from Kerry perspective i think they've only done it once in the last 30 years which was what 06 or 07 um from from a lot of counties perspective yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm glad you i'm glad you said it uh, but uh, yeah so look i think it's it's going to be very interesting league from their point of view they've a lot of travel i think they're four away games i mean it's, you know like they're going to be on the road uh, to big long journeys up to ulster Galway
3: Yeah.
2: so you know it's going to be a testing and trying league but again it probably gives him the opportunity to gel and bond the team again it, so it, a big they, issue for, very interesting is, to watch Kerry actually there's a
1: big issue for Kerry though is the club scene as well how much games there are for to play so you're, hmm. you're talking about region then back to a club and then the whole I suppose domination of, of intermediate junior All-Ireland so that, it's racking up games for a lot of those Kerry guys, what I'd actually know, and so like they're they're only playing six, seven more games and most club players would go on all Ireland as well. So mm-hmm. there's probably that bit of flawed system as well that Kerry have dominated. So many of these intermediate junior games for for the last ten years since the competition's been brought in. Yeah, so
0: the Sigerson in there as
3: well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Peter, I I think maybe a lot of people would look at the the eight teams in Division One and the two they might be slightly concerned about in terms of, of relegation will be two of the Ulster sides. Well, aren't they all Ulster sides? But um don't forget Ross Common. The, uh, the the Norwich of Gaelic football. Yeah, well they might be Norwich of the Gaelic football, but I think we've on occasion called Monahan the cockroaches because they cannot be destroyed. <laughs> or, they just stay hang on in division yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Uh, as as everybody you certainly know that Monahan they might be bottom but the one week they're never bottom is the last week. Um, But they've there's new managers going in there, Peter, and there does seem to be, you know, that word transition. Donegal, never short of good footballers, but obviously I've lost Michael, Michael Murphy. Murphy yeah. Um, yeah. Monaghan have lost some stalwarts as well. And kind of the thing that might concern people is the length of time it took two, both counties, to find a manager, which just kind of from the outside looked a bit odd.
0: Yeah, Donegal and in, in particular, Aidan O'Rourke and, and Paddy Ciar have, a massive job again just looking at it from the outside there was a, a you know it took a long time there was speculation that they had another man lined up within the county he wasn't able to do it and there's possibly a, a bit of fallout coming coming from that the the letter kenny tobacco in the county final last year so mm. um that's it'll be interesting to see how how they begin i think it's imperative for the new management that they get off to a good start um but you look at the eight teams in, in Division One, and you're thinking, right? Uh, who's under pressure here? I would say, um, you leave Kerry aside, and there's seven teams there, and I would say they're all thinking we need to be very careful. We don't end up in the in the bottom two. Yeah. And the reason I say that, you look at last year's league, and the team that was relegated, Dublin. So if Dublin can be relegated, then any one of those, you know, seven teams can be. So I think it's going to be very keenly contested, um, and Roscommon, new manager. There'll be a bounce there. Kevin McStay, I'm sure that there's going to be a kick and a, and a bounce in Mayo. That they've got off to a good start, um, and how how can you write off Monaghan? Um, and they have the firepower up front to to cause so look, Um, back to my point, the, these opening games, um, uh, when counties are resting players from Sigerson for club and different things. Are going to be so uh, so vital if you want to remain in Division One?
3: One hundred percent. Um, we'll move on to Division 2 that's because as we, as we did mention, um, and as actually we have in the past, Lee, we've started by previewing Division Two because I always I do think it's the most interesting one because you've got you've got big counties in there and they're terrified of doing a cavern, shall we say, and it's like sliding down the divisions, which can happen. We've we've seen it. Derry did it. Cavan did it. Ha- Cork did it. it. Happens to big counties. But they're also striving to get back up to Division One, and you don't want to sit down Division Two for too long. As Roy says, you can win in All Ireland from Division Two, but it'll probably be off the back of having one Division Two. You know, you won't, you don't have a poor Division Two season. And now, as we've tried to explain, but admit you kind of need a degree in um in competition structures. There is there's a level of jeopardy around the Sam Maguire because certainly if you're in the top four in Division One, barring really freak provincial final yeah. pairings, you're going to be okay. But if you're sixth. Or even fifth you you mightn't be altogether comfortable and then you throw in the fact that dublin and derry are there like dublin or dublin and derry were one of the stories of the championship last year so that's a corker resurgent you could say Claire are resurgent now,
2: might be you know overstretching it. Okay, okay, okay. They won the
3: McGrath Cup. Yeah, <laughs> so Lee, yeah but
1: they have a good appointment to Kevin Welsh as well. So it's only going to help. Kevin and Kevin Welsh has proven, and we've come across many times, he, he, he's a results driven guy. So whether that helps them going forward, we'll find out. But I, I do agree, Division Two has always been a minefield, two and three. Uh, but you look at teams in Division 2, and, and the problem for a lot of this year is Dublin. You might as well just uh, target them in the room, because having Dublin Division 2, it's probably changed a lot of the dynamic around how teams are going to look at it now. Um, we're all going to make the same assumption that Dublin are going to win Division 2, Um, based on the guys coming back, the back rooms, and some of the big game players. So, but again, you mentioned there, I've been impressed with Derry uh, already this year um, in terms of how they're approaching the McKenna Cup. Now, listen, we can look at Tyrone and say how poorly they played against Derry. But I thought the way Derry approached the game, played the game, they looked like they the, the of ground flying. And that's why three of their best players have mentioned already. So I, I, I'm actually fascinated with the game, probably the game which Drew is Cork and Mead uh, the weekend. Uh, it's, it'll be very interesting to see how your own colleague does in Cullum. Uh, and how we approach that game. It's a big game, as mentioned, for new managers. So I'm assuming Cullum is going to be looking at that game as, as a big, big one for himself, especially in Bourke. Um, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. But yeah, it's it's a minefield. Um, Usually years gone past, you probably have four or five teams that you probably could say are going to finish in top two this year. And if you're one off it, probably Dublin Derry look like the two hot mm-hmm. spots to, to take it. So, uh, but I'm probably more interested in probably looking at the bottom two for Division Two this year, who, who could be, yeah, potentially go down. So, I know he mentioned Limerick Live, but you just don't know could have a good day against against Clare or some of these teams. So, I mean, it's going to be a range with interesting dynamic how the bottom half more so than the top half looks this year.
3: Yeah, Rory, there, there is also the the added carrot there for a few teams of a trip to Croke Park to play Dublin and Dublin's kind of, uh, you know, nomination of Croke Park as their quote-unquote home stadium uh, for the league has often run rubbed other counties up the wrong way or certain people when they're in Division 2 and the Croke Park pitch looks the way the Croke Park pitch looks as your uh, esteemed friends pointed out to you during Disgrace! the week. <laughs> um I, I wonder what... I'd be interested to see the attendances they get. Will it make a little mm. div- bit of a difference to Dublin fans what division they're in, especially when they're playing Kildare? That's a game they'll probably want to turn up for. Or like, could we see twelve, fifteen thousand people swimming around Crow Park? At which point, people will be asking, "Why are we playing this in Crow Park?"
2: I, I, I think they have. They have a fantastic following. I think people don't realise. You see, there's a Dublin is a peculiar animal in that the club scene in Dublin. I mean it's very poorly followed there's you could go to an all, you could go to a Dublin County semi-final which might feature Ballymun Ballyboden Kilmachud and Nafina there will be 500 people at the match the people in Dublin support the county teams so I think irregardless if they were in Division 4 there there'll be 10 or 15,000 at it you know they'll, they're, going, they're going down to Cork in uh, the middle of late February I'd say they'll bring 5 or 6,000 down you know, Cork are only wetting their lips at the prospect of them coming down. So like they have a massive following. I don't think that'll impact it in any way. And as, as regards minding the pitch, I I just don't understand that at all. Anyway, I just look, I think they've been playing in Croke park for the best part of 10 years. It's, yeah, I don't think it's that much of a big deal at this stage for most teams, and a lot of the opposition teams are quite happy to go in there anyway and get a little bit of experience in advance of championship. So, I think that's a bit, you know, a bit, a, a bit non-plus. I think from Dublin's perspective, the a big thing for them is uh, the fact that they've got Jack McCaffrey back, Paul. Uh uh at some stage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you also have Giller back in the in the mix in in terms of the back room. Um, I'd say there's a much better settled spirit. I think the key thing for them is going to be to try and avoid the kinds of injuries. If you look at when they were going toe to toe with Lee's brilliant team, they were blessed. I felt in that they never seemed to pick up any injuries, they were always very injury-free. Whatever they were doing athletically, aerobically nobody ever, they always seem to be able to pick from a full complement and everybody was fit and healthy. For the last year or two, whether it was been James McCarthy and obviously we saw Conal Callaghan basically miss the remainder of the season because he got man of the match in the Leinster final against Kildare and then we didn't see him again. And, Injuries have been kind of a big problem for them. I think if they can avoid key injuries to key players, and I'm talking leaders now—the likes of James Mack, the likes of Fenton, the likes of the Jack McCaffrey's and Conor Callahans—I think Dublin will be in great shape, and I'd make them favourites to win the All Ireland at this juncture.
3: You're always a man to get your your prediction in early. Let's see the teams play a couple of times, Roy. You know, you know. Mm. Um, I and mean, the only good thing as well, is I, I think they went out—they—they—they
2: went out on a half a leg against Kerry and Kerry's scraped over the line with a wonder score at the end into a gale force win oh I know it's light. not exactly
3: a controversial you know? prediction or anything I'm just I'm just having fun Peter um there's after the, with, there's a survey of uh of Ulster teams in division 1 and there's only one in division 2 and they're the Ulster champions and kind of the team of last year so if if Dublin are seen as as a lot of people's you know kind of Going to pick to, to win Division 2 I'd be looking at that saying Derry who were very unlucky not to get out of Division 2 last year let's be mm. honest I think they would you think that that's something that given the championship success Roy got out of last year do you think that's something to be focused on he needs to be a Division 1 team or do you think it really matters and Division 2 offers as good a prep as any?
0: No absolutely he, he wants to take a squad into Division 1 he believes they're good enough they're Ulster champions mm. and the fact that he's taken the Dr. McKenna Cup as seriously as he has um, he's more or less played the same in, in the three games. He's more or less played the same team, and mm. he has on earth a, a few new players because he's had to with the Glen players not being available. So, absolutely, um, Dublin to to finish top and and Derry to come uh, a close second. Regarding the the point that Rory made about about the Dublin, um, I think they should be playing. I would prefer to see them playing their league games in Parnell Park. Obviously, they want to play in Croke Park. Um, opposing teams would prefer to play in Croke Park, but just for, uh, as a neutral for a spectacle, it's a much better. Uh, you can't hear the Dublin supporters in a National League game in Cro- you know, It's very hard. It's devoid of atmosphere mm. than Na- the National League games yeah. in Croke that Park. That
2: is true. Yeah.
0: Whereas when you get them to Parnell Park and some of the best games we played against them in the league were there, cracking. Um, and and that goes with any ground and, and, and for games in, in the in the championship. So especially when the pitch is in the condition that it's in, maybe they could rest it for a few weeks and, and take a few games to Parnell Park. Mm. Um the big game for me in, in division two is is you know Lee makes a point about the, the, the teams at the bottom and they're going to be fighting hard. Claire, play loud oh. and the losers of, of that game after round one Will be saying, yeah, we where are we going to get our points out of here? So you're you're looking for for massive games this weekend, none bigger than Clare and Louth.
3: Yeah, um, I don't think any of us are surprised by the fact that you know Mickey Hart has had pretty much instant success. In in Louth and Peter, you know, you know him as well as anybody. He's obviously he wouldn't be setting a ceiling for Louth either. It's not like well, we've reached Division Two now, lads. That's that's a let's let's tread water here. He obviously doesn't have the the kind of the player resources that some of the other teams there do, but like <coughs> there there's there'll be no there'll be no want of ambition from the wee county, I would imagine.
0: Uh, absolutely not, and and I have no doubt that he would have set his team a target of of making the provincial final. And and m- making the, the the route to Sam Maguire that way, they play Westmeath in the Leinster Championship, and if they win that, there's a good chance that they could be playing Meath in a in a semi final. So um, he'll certainly target that. Um, but yes, if if Clare, uh, or sorry, if Lloyd can get over Clare and finish, you know, in the top half of Division Two. Then there's a very good chance he will be in the race for Sam Maguire. So that, without a doubt, he, he will have high t- uh, target and high standards for his for his loud side. Um, but that's a big one. He's up again a a, a very experienced Clare side, and with we'll Colum Collins there yes. for many years. Is this his tenth year? I think he's mm-hmm. been tenth, in
3: tenth of, year. He's the longest longest serving in one
0: county. Yeah. Um. So that's uh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um. For the first game out.
3: Yeah. Um. Okay, lads. Um this isn't to be uh we're not being disparaging in divisions three and division four my own my own county uh wexford are uh, long long time division four residents shall we say uh, so i do have a, quite an interest in division four but shall we say we'll let the we'll, we'll let the um cards play out there for a week or two before we do too much on on those divisions and that's basically because it just we can't we can't be too informed <laughs> we'll see how the matches go and we will obviously we do cover divisions three and four um because I do, I'm obliged to talk about Wexford or I get in trouble. And Wicklow, because I live in Wicklow, I get in trouble, if <laughs> I also talk about Wicklow. You're, you're a Jack all trades, you seem
1: to be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: okay. um, that's, that's a fair fair description of me, I think, Lee. I'm um, much like yourself, you know, I, you know, I can play defence, but I can also <laughs> come, come forward, yeah. That's what you meant, that's what you meant, wasn't it? Um, Laz, it's great to have you on, and we look forward to chatting to you during the year. Um, and obviously, just to mention, as always, uh, the game the two boys are working on on Saturday nights on RT2 and the RT player Mayovi Galway and um there'll be extensive coverage of the league across RT, RT Radio 1 on Saturday and Sunday Sport and League Sunday will be back on your televisions on Sunday night. So it's back. Um, Rejoice. There may not be the hype of last year that me and Rory noticed but uh, I It'll think... Build. It'll, I, build. It, it, it'll build It'll build um, So Lee Peter Thank you very much For joining us And Rory, Rory um, Myself and Rory Will be back on Monday To review the weekend's action Chat to you then Good luck Goodbye Thanks guys Cheers Bob. Cheers, Cheers. This, How much longer will the
1: lead by and There's the whistle it's over. it's over We earned it By winning the last two matches On the road And that's not going to be Taken away from us For
0: what I love in hurling, I love players That will never give in He hits it He hits it what? It's over the bar